This is the Gary V Audio Experience. So Gary, our audience is primarily creators. Love We've been it. on YouTube for 10 years. We interview a lot of people. We had Mr. Beast on the show last month. We, we were with Marquez Brownlee all day today. So it's, it's a lot of content creators. And that's also what our audience is made up of. And I think that makes it very like crypto adjacent. And a lot of people who are crypto curious about how, to, how do they interact with that community? How do they get involved? Get involved? And I think the first question I have for you is like, Obviously, one of the most influential people in the space. You're just named that by Fortune. But when did the light bulb go off for you that NFTs were a community or were, were something that you wanted to get involved with? Um, I'll wait for him to put a seatbelt on. All right. No worries, brother. Thank you. Your time. All right. Um, in the summer of last year, 20. 2020, yeah. what are you in 2021? Uh, in the summer of 2020, Fred Wilson introduced me to Roham from Dapper. Yeah. And we had a great meeting and he broke down Top Shot. And it reminded me of when I bought Ethereum early and why platform instead of currency, even mm. though I bought Bitcoin, I felt a little more like close to the idea of building apps on top of. So I was a little bit more native to ETH, yeah. even though I was very I mean, that's why I bought Bitcoin the year before, actually, Ethereum, but back in 15. Um, I remember CryptoKitties, and it like, caught my radar, and then I got distracted and never really went deep. But when I saw Top Shot, I was like, whoa, this is big. The problem was I was navigating X and Media through COVID. Mm. There was a lot of challenges. We weren't big enough or small enough to get government help, and I was really working. So I wasn't able to go as deep as I wanted, even though I was incredibly enthusiastic about what Roham was doing and then fucking Top Shot hit. And then I was, of course, like, God damn it, I knew it. You yeah, know, yeah, it was yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. But I was pumped for him and everybody in the community. And did you think it was going to hit when you saw it? I, I thought it had a real shot, not to the level it did it. and the yeah. speed in which it did. Yeah. I mean, no, I did not. But I really, you know, I was into sports cards. I really, I saw it and thought it had a real shot, but I thought in 24 months it could be half of what it was, you know, yeah. two minutes in. Um... Saw that, was like, okay, but I still had to navigate. And actually I had turned the business at that point out of like danger to almost like prosperity. Yeah. Cause I was really scared and focused. Yeah. And so I was like setting up 2021 and then I was having a conversation with Kevin Rose, you know, little old buddy from Web2 world and now we're both very much in this world. And we were talking and he was like pumped cause I made him buy a Jordan rookie and he was showing me his X-Men comic book collection. We we're really nerding it out. And then he said, do you have a punk? And I'm like, What's that? And that was it. Got it. About 40 hours later of homework that happened last week of December, first week of January, I basically was starting to put the final pieces on, I think there's something here. Watched one more video, listened to one more Discord conversation, listened to one more podcast, read a couple more tweets. Like, what, I don't remember the exact thing, but I remember the exact night. Uh, and, and I stood up and I said, thank you, God. Mm. Literally said those words out loud because I realized collectible, community, yeah. you know, like just the ability to, you know, the biggest reason I did VFriends is I can always add to the smart contract. Mm -hmm. I have no fear. When I launch Empathy Wines, when I launch a sneaker, when I launch other things, I can do everything right with the best intent. But once it goes into the world, I can't fix it. I can refund you if it's a problem. All the things I've ever done in my whole life, always. 
with NFTs I can add to the smart contract. So I invested very heavily into punks. Uh, met some people, Jeff Holberg, big shout out to you. Uh, talked me about hash masks. Met Donnie, Bitsky was looking, OpenSea. Yeah. I was really doing my thing. And then decided I had to do my own project because when I thought the internet was gonna be big, when I was 20, I didn't even own a computer and decided to launch winelibrary.com. When I decided that MySpace, Twitter, Facebook was gonna be big, I started a wine show and I'd never ever thought of myself as anything other than a businessman and had never been in front of a camera. And with Web3, the third chapter, there was no doubt in my mind that I had to create projects. So it was, it was, it was an early, early, early January when mm. I was like, oh, this is my next chapter. So creators, I feel like a massive part of being a creator is you're opening the door and aggregating people like you and, and developing a community. With vFriends now, your community has an identity and like an opportunity to actually connect with each other and also you know, experience growth as you're experiencing growth. Yeah. Is, is that how you were thinking about vFriends? Because you, like as a, a way to kind of bring your community together? Or how did you approach vFriends when you first my my approach I knew my community would come together I understood what was happening in discord yeah. I lived through AOL chat rooms right. and obviously social media my community was connected in a lot of ways but not as officially to your point I was concerned the community would be connected on financial interest mm. and I actually think that's one of the great vulnerabilities right now yeah a lot of communities are built on subconscious financial interest uh-huh. so I was actually a little bit concerned about that uh, I I was worried that my community that was large and passionate and built around things like empathy and ambition and kindness and tenacity and patience and all these things I've been speaking into the world, I was incredibly concerned that the success of eFriends, which was the only option, I knew it would work, mm. truly. Because um, I knew I would milk everything I had. I would shut down everything to make it success. Like I just knew it was my yeah. reputation. I knew the risk I was taking. Of course. If your yeah. friends fails, I'm done. Yeah. Like I'm like, done is this for sure. Yeah. So I I actually was concerned that money is money fucks shit up. Mm. So I have this great I have this great community based on us trying to talk and have conversations around good human behavior. And I was introducing something that I knew was gonna impact them financially. On the flip side, I'm a very big believer that money doesn't change you, money exposes you. And that gave me the confidence to go forward with it. But my real passion was to make the people that most believed in me win. Mm. I viewed my NFT project in a lot of ways as almost my IPO as a human. Yeah. That this was an opportunity for my community and for a lot of the creators, because I know how important this show is, you know, at some level this becomes the opportunity where your community can participate with you if yeah. they believe in you. And it's kind of like being a band that totally. like plays small gigs, yeah. but then you go to stadiums and they get big and your original fans get upset. This was almost gonna be the reverse. I mean, what's going on with VFriends is insane. Yeah. The people that believed in me the most, and I was early. It's not like VFriends just launched. May, which is crazy to say it's early. I know, it's nuts. But May was early enough where a lot of people who really believed in me still didn't go in. Because they were like, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. and I was empathetic to that. I wasn't upset or, yeah. you know, I was like, I understand. But that means the people that did go in. And so I viewed it as an opportunity for 
the most bought in to be the winners of my execution over the next four decades. And that feels great. Yeah. That's a really interesting note that the comment you just made around like viewing it as almost your IPO. I think that's really cool. And you're also playing around with it a bit. Some of those topics that you just brought up are also some of the topics of your upcoming book. And I'm curious how you've, you know, how you're playing around now. Cause obviously you can update the smart contract. You can also reward the people who are carrying it early. You can also play around with some of your other initiatives. So talk to me about how the book launch is playing into vFriends or NFTs. I did a very remarkable, I'm comfortable saying that word, I can't believe, when I mean, we sold seven figures worth of books, which is unheard of, by doing an airdrop for people that bought 12 copies. The book's called 12 and a half, so it's very easy to come up yeah. with that number. Um, I've got a surprise NFT coming for all of them. I have a really cool concept gamification thing. I'm really excited about it. Uh, that'll be coming out in late December. Um, but what's really more interesting to me, actually, than the marketing, which you know I have passion for, but what I have much more passion for is the human traits I talk about in the book, accountability, gratitude. Well, there's gratitude gorilla, there's accountable ant. Mm. Um, you know, curiosity, there's, the book is written about what I think CEOs and leaders and entrepreneurs and alphas, truly ambitious, you know, alphas, that soft skills are actually the competitive advantage. Mm. That it's not, you know, you gotta be rough in the business world, that it's actually kindness and empathy and compassion and, and accountability and optimism that really are the driving forces to actual sustained, palpable business success. You can crush on negative things, but you're gonna burn sure. out. You're gonna lose like Darth Vader. Yeah. You know, and so he could be powerful. Darth Vader is a sure. G. Yeah, but, yeah. But, sure. but at the end he doesn't win it. And so um I uh I am excited because the book and the characters tie in directly. Mm. I, Gary V, have had to be the vessel for these things that I believe in. I'm a human who has a certain style. I know some of you struggle with the way I communicate, too much conviction, cursing, does, who does he, you know, yeah. a, a level of confidence that, you know, I'm very empathetic. So I understand why some are like, fuck this dude. Yeah. I'm a very narrow vessel. I've done a good job, I've built a big audience, but I'm not gonna be able to reach eight billion people. But a patient panda might, but elephant, empathy elephant might. And so for me, um, the book to try to get business people to understand that sharp elbows and you know all this you know dressing down here's one i've been thinking about this left and right why is it appropriate in any situation for somebody to aggressively yell at an at an employee in front of others in yeah. any circumstance yeah i'm not saying foofy foofy and let's all be zen like it's business i get it but like if you're a leader like that that pain and stress you're taking, go take that, put it in a shelf and then come back and be constructive, maybe candorous, hmm. but but screaming and, like, yeah. and And we accept it in business. You know, the person comes back and is like, sorry, it's a tough day with the client. And they're like, it's okay, Carl. Yeah. Fuck Carl. Yeah. No, it's not okay. Not like I need to judge, and of course we're human, I make a million mistakes, all that, but like, but I wanna change the narrative of like, like why? Yeah, and I think actually one of the things that changes that, at least for us, like when we started to find success with what we're doing is when we started to build a community of creators around us, 
that we could learn from and also hold each other accountable. Not only for like, hey, are you doing the right things on YouTube with your title and thumbnail, but also like, hey, are you building your company in the right way? We get creators to pick up the phone and call us and say, how do I hire? What do I look course, for in, a, in an employee? What's the first person I should hire? Is it an editor, is it an ops manager? Like The person that does the thing that you know is important, but you don't want to do. Yes. <laughs> but I feel like that's also a massive part of what we're seeing with crypto is not only a way to tie communities together, but also there's a very tight-knit community surrounding Web3. Oh. It's That's, 2006 all over again, Web2. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's super tight. The one difference, I was talking to Dave Moore and Kevin Rose, some other friends that were there early, this has a lot of financial stuff in yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm a little worried about that because in Web2, it was very tight and it was, let's change the world. And in five years, maybe our companies, yeah. right? But there's like quick explosive growth that's happening for some people. And those are the stories a lot of people are hearing. And that's dangerous. Yeah. I'm worried about the one, I, I really do think, it's funny because I'm an entrepreneur, flip this, buy this for sure. five, you see yeah, TikToks yeah. of me of like, buy this for five, sell for 80. Yeah, yeah. That's coming for a very narrow group of like people who are DMing me saying, I have eight bucks. Right. So I'm trying to make content for that. But on the flip side, on the other side of that coin, if the if the set of T community is about like I bought this rhinoceros with a toothpick in it mm. for, you know, four hundred bucks yeah. and I sold it for seventeen thousand, like right. you know, as you have felt through this, and as I felt for 15 years, community is incredibly important. Yeah. But when community is based on ideals and interactions, not common financial interests, they're different communities. Agreed. So what's your take on, I guess, or how do you feel as the, the Web3 world has expanded? I mean, even for us since April, when we released our first NFT project to now, it feels like it's a completely different world. <laughs> I mean- Every day's like a year. Reese game. Witherspoon made her <laughs> profile pick World of Women, right? Yeah. Like it is getting much bigger. Yes. So how do people on the other side of this, creators, especially who have megaphones, how, how do they engage with the community? First, they have to be self-aware and empathetic. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of creators on this side right now that are scared to jump into an NFT project because they know that five to 25% of their audience is gonna be upset. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, because, and, and because you've flipped into monetization yeah. instead of art. And I'm right. incredibly compassionate to that. That is a tough struggle, comma, <laughs> there's a lot of people who are also struggling or or could be doing more or want to do more things for themselves or their family who need to be able to know it's okay for them to make decisions for themselves in a world where they deeply care about the community. There's a very big difference between doing what you want to do because you want to do it and you feel good about it and dealing with some of the collateral you know, comments that might push against that versus trying to do something wrong about your community. For example, I think I'm an incredibly effective salesman because I genuinely believe in what I sell. If I, like, when I made Empathy Wines, I knew I was selling a $45 wine for 20 bucks. Right. It wasn't very hard for me. Like, like when I make my content, like, well, I know I'm right. Like, I, re I don't talk about things that I'm guessing. Why do I want that on film? I know TikTok's more viral than Instagram two years ago. Like, I know. Mm. There's a lot of people here who genuinely believe in their art. Them living their lives based on somebody else's ideology in the comments is a very anxious life. Yeah, I actually think though that's the opportunity to aggregate the people who 
are like-minded and and believe in that at least like some of the discords that we've we've tapped into and started to explore some of them i would say are a little overwhelming with the amount of people that are in them but especially like the token gated access to a discord is very interesting to me you get you get you know people have done something to get in yeah 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 there's something and there's some commonality once you're in there's some friction yeah which leads to a there that's right there's a a level of friction and a level of alignment that leads to high quality engagement Mm -hmm. look it's an incredible time to be a creator You've got the infrastructure at scale of a YouTube world that you guys mm-hmm. know. You've now got this whole new at- outlet. We have now decentralized contracts that allow for actual ownership. You know, the whole, you know, I'm sure you guys heard it earlier. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to right click and I own it. I'm like, I'm going to take a picture. I mean, here you go. I'll yeah. do it right now. I'm going to take, I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to take a picture. Ready? This is amazing. Watch this. Yeah. I'm going to take a picture of this building. I own it. I right. own this building. Like that's what people were saying with the right click. Right. No, you don't. Yeah. Like it's called a blockchain. I can actually say it's actually more likely for me to be able to claim that I own that building, and you're not sure than me saying that I own right. this fee friend, <laughs> which I can check in one second and know. Yeah. So there's just a lot of confusion, a lot of innovation, a lot of fun stuff. But um, I think once you realize that ownership matters to people, period. Like ownership matters to people, period. Yes. Then you realize what digital ownership means. We spend most but, of our time but, online, but, right? But if you grew up only in centralized servers, yeah, and nobody, bro, don't forget, and you know this, everybody, you guys all know this, I know this, we've lived on the internet for the last 25 years where nobody owns anything that's on yeah. the screen, including the original IP owners. True. <laughs> right, we're yeah, like taking true. Captain America yeah. and be like, yeah. like, like we couldn't remember yeah. back. Remember, you were like yeah. scared to like. I used to be scared to like copy a VHS tape because like the FBI is yeah. like, if you fucking <laughs> oh, like, ah, but, like you know, like, yeah, like you know, that. so 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 we lived under those rules for so long. Yeah, and now we're over here saying, no, no, everybody owns everything, and so what? Like it, it takes yeah. a few minutes. And mm-hmm. that's why I'm compassionate to that, that it takes a few minutes. So how does some of that digital ownership turn into, to manifest itself in like a physical experience? Like, Well, I mean, first of all, it won't, a lot of it won't have to. I mean, we're only a decade away from the metaverse really mattering. Yeah. So you're just gonna be up in there with your shit. And then in the real world, however, the creator wants to. You know, I mean, Obviously, with friends, like every token's an actual ticket to an actual physical conference that's gonna happen at Minnesota Vikings, US Bank Stadium, where like, it's, yeah. that's real. Mm-hmm. And a million other executions. I mean, we met people tonight who came up to us and introduced themselves using that identity, saying, I hold friends." I right, that's like the opening. Yeah, that's like their opening line to us. Yeah, I mean, people rolling up, they're like, Gary, you know, and like, I'm, yeah. everyone's got an avatar now, so sure. you don't even know who the fuck anybody is. They're like, yeah. Gary, it's me, board 85973. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. Like, I'm, like, I'm like, what's up, bro? Like, yeah. You know, yeah. like, yeah, for sure. Um, where are we going right now, or where are we, I guess? We're about to right do now. the secret wine party, which I'm extremely excited about. I haven't done in a decade. Okay. I used to do this at South by Southwest. This makes me feel like South by Southwest. That's why I'm wearing a Tumblr shirt from back in the day. Like, where I where we go? Are we here, Rob? Yes, this is yeah, okay. building 50. It's right here, it's right here. Oh, so cool. we're Just, gonna, yep, no worries. So we're gonna go into this building in about 20, 30 minutes. I'm gonna tweet out the address and then it's gonna get weird. <laughs> so that's another like showcase of just like tight knit community, right? Yeah, like 100%, you, just fun. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like what's really fun is creativity when you embrace it fully leads to fun. 
this wine party used to be fun. It, it's really funny, I'm doing it again. The first time I did it, I was like, wait a minute, all these big companies bought all these spaces in Austin to throw these parties. Right. Like, isn't the spirit to break things? This is breaking things. There's all yeah. these organized parties with all these, there'll be more people here in the next 40 minutes than at, probably besides yeah, Ape Fest right. than every other party that yeah. was thrown. And that is creativity breaking the system I'm decentralizing the way you do an event. Like there's creativity is an incredible superpower and I try to play with it as much as possible, which is like another reason why I think this space felt very natural to me.